Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Strength is one of the 12 powers. If you're not sure what the 12 powers are, there's a class that starts this Wednesday. (laughs) But spiritual strength really is this. It is the capacity to stand undaunted, undaunted in the face of circumstances, whatever they are, whatever the circumstances are. It is our capacity to stand undaunted in the face of circumstances and remember who you are, no matter what. No matter what, there is a great uh, minister in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Tom Costa, who, I think it was Tom, now I'm, now I'm second-guessing myself if I'm going to be uh, uh, offering this correctly, uh, but he used to say, when you state your affirmations, finalize the statement by saying, no matter what, <laughs> and see what happens. Because I'll tell you, you'll very quickly get in alignment in your own mind as to whether or not you believe the affirmation you just stated. But that is what we, that's what we are here to develop here. That is what we are here to develop here. This is a great day for me, isn't it? That is what we are here to develop, to really rise up into our spiritual strength to know that we stand undaunted in the face of all circumstances. And we are experiencing circumstances all the time. All the time. We're the ones who get to decide how we rise up. Now, one of the classes, really perhaps the most classic, um, the most classic story from Scripture that illustrates spiritual strength is the story of David and Goliath. You all remember that story, right? David and Goliath. Um, Both David and Goliath express and are representative of different aspects of our own consciousness. That's the whole thing about Scripture. That's the whole thing about the Bible. All the characters in the Bible are different aspects of our own consciousness. And if we understand that as a metaphor, as we under, if we understand that as a metaphysical teaching, well, then that's the power of utilizing the Bible. Now, David represents that spiritual strength in the seeming meekness of himself, right? And Goliath... Goliath, seeming dominance of form. That is what Goliath represents, the seeming dominance of form. And the spiritual strength always, always, always takes precedence over form, always. We've had a lot of class discussions in the class that we wrapped up a week and a half ago uh, where we were talking about lessons in truth and discover the power within you, one of the, the very first lesson that we read in that class is freedom or bondage. Freedom or bondage. And one of the things that comes up is the concept of the ways in which we bind ourselves consciously, which is not always at the level of awareness because our conscious binding can be below the level of awareness, but we bind ourselves to a certain way of being and we think that's it. And what we end up believing, we start to believe that the stuff out there, the circumstances of our lives, are the things that have power. That stuff out there is the Goliath, and each and every one of us is the David. Remembering who you are is the ultimate act of spiritual strength. 
because when you remember who you are, you actively create the life you would like to live. You know, the story of David and Goliath is all well and good. This concept is all well and good. But what value does any story have unless we actually put it into practice? Remember I said at the beginning, we are a spiritual community here to teach practical tools, which is why I have the Keepers of the Flames talk about embracing the practical tools that I offer. We have to put it into practice. This was illuminated for me in Discover the Power Within You, uh, one of the quotes of Eric Butterworth. To know the truth, you must keep on beyond the end of the book. Beyond the conclusion of the course of lessons, you must keep on until you catch on. It's not about just reading all the spiritual books you can devour. It's about actually putting this to practice in life. To know the truth, you must keep on beyond the end of the book, beyond the conclusion of the course of lessons. You must keep on until you catch on. I love that sentence. You must keep on until you catch on. That may become one of my new affirmations that I engage with and practice every day. Our work is the practice of knowing spiritual truth of knowing spiritual truth, and then living the truth we know. That's what we are here to do. That is what we are here in this room. And for those of you who are online, you have come to this place, I think, because you want to know spiritual truth and then live the truth you know. It doesn't matter at all if you don't live it. Nice ideas, right? But we're here to live this stuff. Now, the practicality of this entire philosophy is rooted in one premise and one premise alone. And if we truly get this, if we truly understand this, you know what? Everything else takes care of itself. What is the thing that it is that we must know? God is all there is. Now, God is not something out there. You hear me say it all the time. God is not something out there. God is the universal life, the universal energy, the universal principle of creation. And everything that is, is God. Everything, whether we call it good or we call it bad, it's all God. It is the omnipotence, the omniscience, and the omnipresence that is the life we are living. If we really got that, we wouldn't have to worry about anything else at all, at all. But I'm going to let you all off the hook because I'm still figuring it out. And that's okay. This is a journey of uncovering, of unfolding. And I'm grateful for the journey. And while we make a study of it, the theory of that idea is not enough, Right? God is all there is. Great theory. All right, now what? Our work is to live it. To live it, to keep on until we catch on. And so if you're not there yet, keep on keeping on until you catch on. Now here's the thing that is, here's, here's, if there's any irony to this, um, we are actually actively utilizing that principle all the time, whether we are aware of it or not. 
because everything that flows forth is the construct of this thing called universal essence, life, spirit, God. This creative source energy is the thing that is active in our lives, and we are absolutely using it to create the lives that we are living. Are you creating actively the life that you would like to live, or are you creating something else? You're the one who gets to decide. And no one else is going to do it for you. No one else is going to do it for you. So we are using it even if we don't know it. We do use it consciously at the level of awareness. We use it unconsciously below the level of awareness. And which do you think is more effective in creating the life we desire? Using it consciously or using it unconsciously? It's a twofold answer. Oh, you weren't expecting me to say that, were you? First, let us learn to use it consciously. That's where we begin. Let us first use it consciously to participate in the creation of our lives, to participate in the activity of our lives, to say, this is what I require in my life's experience, and to know that because I know who I am, or I remember who I am, that that is what flows forth into expression. Then, once we master that, we can let it go, and it becomes an unconscious use because we have habitualized a new way of being and a new way of thinking that perhaps is different from what we were brought up believing before. So it's about activating this stuff consciously to study the theory and then to embody it to such a degree that we can throw all of it out because we're just living it. An accepting of what is, based on a new frame of mind, becomes a new foundation for spiritual acceptance. That feels good. That helps me rise up. That helps me to rise up from the expletive life I used to live. Now, here's then what happens. Once you've embodied that new way of being, there's still more work to be done. And so we put it into action again, and we consciously rise up into a new way of thinking, a new way of believing. And it becomes this cycle, like the seed that is planted, and each spring rises up to let itself be known. And if you are active in that cycle, then you are activating spiritual strength within you. So our work is to move through the theory and into practice. So how will you use this creative power? Like I said, first of all, realize you're already using it. Let yourself off the hook of thinking you have to learn anything new. You already are using it right here, right now. You made a decision today, even if you were dragged here. I like to make that joke. I don't know. I'm, I'll give up that joke at some point, I promise. I've been using it a lot lately. But you have made a decision to be here today. That decision was backed by action of actually getting into some mode of transportation and getting to this place or turning on your computer and logging in and watching online. You made a decision that did not require any special action. It just required action. And here you are. 
It does not require anything special. There is no magic to this stuff. It is a philosophy that is rooted in making a decision and allowing yourself to live the decision. Now, many of us are looking, I think, sometimes for the big picture. How do I become enlightened? How do I rise up and put all of this stuff behind me? I could have used an expletive there too, but I won't. How do I put all of this stuff behind me and rise up into the big picture? Remember that every big picture painting is, com- is comprised of individual strokes, right? Every decision you make in your life is an individual stroke that creates the bigger picture. And all you need to do is allow yourself to embrace and utilize the individual stroke. The big picture is going to take care of itself. It always does. We are unlimited working expressions of God. That is who we are. That is our core identity. We are this divine power. We are this divine light. And our work is to paint those individual strokes in every action, in every decision, in everything that we experience and express in this life. But there are things that will come up that will keep us from painting those individual strokes as magnificently as we might like. Now, those of you who know that I come from a background that was in another branch of New Thought, one of my favorite authors, of course, then is Ernest Holmes, who was the founder of another branch, the religious science branch of New Thought. And if you're new to the New Thought paradigm, I also like to then remind people, religious science is not Scientology. (laughs) People ask all the time. Unity and and religious science are the same philosophy, just using essentially different language. But this gentleman wrote this. One of the great difficulties in the order of new thought is that we are likely to indulge in too much theory and too little practice. We can easily spend a lot of time, and a lot of us spend a lot of time, looking for the causative force. Thinking that the intellectual understanding will help us use that causative force better. You cannot use the causative force any better than you are currently using it because you are wholly using it 100% of the time already. Your only work is to say, I choose to create what I require. And then know that in that choice, life unfolds according to that choice. So we sometimes think that an intellectual understanding will help us use it better. But what if we just used it? What if you said, and I'm not saying that you should do this if you're signed up for class. What if we said, to heck with all the classes... I'm just going to use this stuff. Do not drop out of class, please. Because here's the thing about class. Sundays are great, but class is where you actually learn really practical tools to put this into practice. So what if we just decided to use it? 
and we understood that it was just like gravity. We don't have to decide to use gravity, right? Gravity just is. We experience it. Now, we do have scientists who are on a search to understand gravity, but the understanding of gravity will not make its use any more effective. The same is true of spiritual practice. Looking for that causative thing out there will not make the use of cause any more effective. Who you are is 100% effective in creating your life. You know why I know that? You're all here creating your life. Our work is to step into practical application, actually applying the concept of change your thinking, change your life. So let's change our thinking together. I want us to engage in an experiment. I'm going to invite you all to close your eyes, just allow yourself to become relaxed right where you are. Just take a breath. Just take a breath. And I want you to listen to these words. There are no sick people. There is no poverty. There is no war. You can open your eyes. Now, if you were to go onto your smartphone and look at the news, you would probably see that there are still sick people having experiences of life. There are still people who are experiencing poverty. And my suspicion is that the war in Ukraine has not ceased to be in this instant. Why is that? If we believe what we teach, why is it that we do not sit here and just know the truth and it comes to pass? Well, if we are to prove this principle, our work then is to move beyond the theory and we must do more than announce it. Try again. I want you to close your eyes again. Take a breath. And as I say these phrases, pay attention to what comes up in your own mind. There are no sick people. There is no poverty. There is no war. You can open your eyes. Now for some of you, there may have been a wholehearted acceptance of that, but my suspicion is for many, because this is still what happens for me sometimes, is there may have been an inkling of doubt. Doubt sets the limit of the expression of our lives. In my mind, as I say, there are no sick people. My mind might go to, well, of course there are sick people. I see them. They're out there. There, I see them all around me. There is no poverty. There's no war. Well, of course there is. I see it on the news. I see it. And as we see these things, the mind does a little trick to us. It believes what it sees. The mind is the living conviction of the perceivable. 
to change the effects of the experience, it is not just about announcing that principle. It is about convincing ourselves of the immutable truth to such a degree that we have eliminated any doubt. Once we eliminate the doubt, that truth, the creative power we call God, the greater the, is, the, that is greater than any circumstance, changes the circumstance. But we so frequently put our power out there into the circumstances and believe that the circumstances are real. The effects do not supplant the causative use of mind. Spiritual strength is rooted in knowing who you are. It is rooted in knowing who you are. It is this conviction that we have at our disposal that allows us to be the change we wish to see. Our work is to be deliberate, and that is why we practice. We are practicing deliberately. So let us move forward, allowing our conversations to be rooted in heaven, because heaven is a state of mind, not a place we're trying to get to. We can all live the life of heaven right here, right now, in this moment, if we collectively decide or even individually decide because I can be living in heaven and it really doesn't matter where you're living, although I would love for you to join me. So let us move forward, allowing our conversation to be in heaven, to be rooted in love. Catch yourself when you have thoughts that are contrary to that, but don't beat yourself up and make the course correction that is necessary and do it in that moment. That's moving forward with spiritual strength. That is rising up into our greatness. The power of new thought is in our use of it. Now, I have a book. This is the Science of Mind book, which everybody's going, you're a unity minister now. Why are you reading the Science of Mind? Because I want to read a portion of the final conclusion in this book. Now, the irony is that the final conclusion is literally in the middle of the book. The final conclusion of the science of mind says, in conclusion, what the world needs is spiritual conviction followed by spiritual experience. I would rather see a student of this prove its principle than to have them repeat all the words of wisdom that have ever been uttered. It is far easier to teach the truth than it is to practice it. That's what I want us all to take to heart today, that we get to Put this into practice. And yeah, it is far easier to teach it than to practice it, but I know that we are all up to it. So let's rise up into that today. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. So if you didn't catch on, the homework is this, to actively catch yourself this week, to be vigilant with your thoughts and explore your beliefs. And as you do that throughout this week, by paying attention, that's really what it takes, paying attention, change what is necessary. Find that openness to change what is necessary for you. Listen to the voice that is within to open your awareness to what it is you truly believe. That's the practice, that's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. 
You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.